Welcome to episode 90 of Honestly Unbalanced, where we chat to people that try to make your life that little bit better. And that person this week is Ben Parker, who is a professional running coach and co-founder of the app Runner, R-U-N-N-A, which is basically a personal running coach in your pocket, providing world-class training, coaching and community, whether you're someone trying to run your first 5k or first ultramarathon. Ben is obviously super fit himself. He's a personal trainer, Ironman coach, England athletics coach. He ranks top five in his age group for Ironman in the UK and has qualified for the Ironman 70.3 World Championship. He's got a ridiculous time of 2.34 uh, in marathons. I think it was a London marathon, the virtual one, in 2020 where he actually came in the top 20. And Ben has kindly offered all of you guys a free two-week trial. It's normally one week, but a free two-week trial on the Runner app with code PODCAST. We talk about how Ben manages to do so much long-distance running, cycling, whilst running a business, and whilst actually maintaining a relationship, how he manages his time. We talk about what makes Runner stand out as an app, uh, the debate between using AI to set up your programs and using an actual human, and is there an in-between? Mistakes people make when they start or continue on their running journey. Uh, how our human evolution uh, informs what we should wear on our feet. Should it be running shoes? Should it be barefoot running shoes? Uh, you'll have to listen to find out. Uh, and why Ben runs. So lots for you to dig into. Now, before you start listening, just a few little shout-outs. First, Holly and myself and our good friends Michael James Wong and Camille Vidal are hosting a retreat in Spain in September. Uh, You get four teachers. You get yoga from myself, the kind of alignment-focused vinyasa. You get some breath work and yoga and meditation from Michael. Cammy's going to do some yin. Holly's going to be doing sound healing. And it's in our favourite retreat centre, about 40 minutes from Seville. Uh, so it'll be beautiful. So if you're interested in that, head to thehustlers.com. There's budgets for everyone. Uh, it starts at £700 for like dorms. Uh, but then there's also glamping options. There's eco-casas. There's all sorts of amazing accommodation. It's selling out fairly fast. So get on it if you want to join us. Uh, and if you want a yoga mat for your uh, journey to Spain with us, then you can get 10% off life forms with code Hustler 10, all caps, that's Hustler as in my name, H-U-S-L-E-R, and if you fancy doing some running uh, in barefoot shoes, which you talk about in this episode, then you can get 10% off Vivo Barefoot with code ADAMHUSTLERVB, all caps, and finally, if you want some yoga to support your running, you can get 25% off our online platform at thehustlers.com with code HONEST25, all caps. Enjoy the episode, guys. Honestly, I saw your daily routine somewhere on the internet in my process of stalking you. Uh, and it seems so alien to me. Like, especially now as a new dad who's trying to balance work and do anything fitness related, it seems quite alien. But even then, actually, back in my heyday, when I was a kind of a single athlete, uh, still I couldn't get up at five o'clock and be that productive as you are through your day. And I just wondered, have you... Do you think that's personality or do you think it's just kind of a long-term training of yourself to be able to cope with that? But I wonder, yeah, what allows you to have such intense days? And perhaps for our listeners, you can give like a little bit of a taster of wake-up time and how many training sessions. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I, I guess um, for context, I definitely didn't always used to be hardworking, driven um, and productive. Um, for a little bit of context, um, my life has very much changed a lot in the last like two or three years. Um, Jimmy went on to start a business and that business has gone very, very well. Um, and the, the time before that, I was a super passionate um, do you mean athletes and Ironman and, and marathon runner? Um, and now the only way to balance both of those two things that I care very deeply about is to make sure that I'm really productive with my time. Mm. Um, I give my business, do you mean probably every minute from eight thirty till sometimes six o'clock, sometimes seven o'clock at night. Um, and I still want to make sure that I get faster every year. And do you mean do an Ironman or two a year? I did the London Marathon. Um, on the weekend just been um so i'm forced to make sure i get up early and and do sessions like that and as a result that then leads to me having a bit of a crazy schedule um in the working week um so i think the the one you'll be referring to was i think what i shared of my typical wednesday um mm. and you can probably see from all the all the bikes behind me um that i'm a keen cyclist keen keen triathlete um i ride with my club on a wednesday morning um and that happens or that we set off at about 5 20 or 5 25 depending on which group you're in uh we'll ride in our, our bikes in a line of five or six people because you're faster if you're streamlined one behind the other um and we'll do that for an hour and a bit and go absolutely hell for leather have, have a coffee and then everyone goes off in their separate directions and goes to do whatever fancy job they've got that day um and even even that's quite an interesting um small anecdote which is the the, the, the type of people that seem to turn up and ride with this club, which is one of the fastest cycling clubs in London, at 5am on a Wednesday morning, you'd imagine that these are devoted fitness people that have got nothing else going on in their lives, but it's the complete opposite. They all have top jobs, top jobs. They're all lawyers or, do you mean, CEOs or, or who knows what, bankers, etc., earning a lot of money with big, busy families, um, which, do you mean, like, I always thought is like not the way the world works. Like for you to get really good at something, you've got to sacrifice and get really good at that one thing. Kind of like you said, like the the single man that you were when you had more time to prioritize your your fitness and your training. Um, and I think it's that the the type of people that can get up hard for years and years in a row to go and achieve something to be the fastest cyclist in London are the same types of people um, that get up early and or do you mean or, or that work hard in the working week and do the hard challenges do those hard weeks that leads them to get big powerful jobs um do you mean that makes them do you mean good husbands and have big happy families or or or, or good wives as well um so i think it's a, an interesting anecdote and as a result it's part of the reason why i love spending time with with them and it's an inspiring group of people to surround ourselves with um but yeah so then my wednesday goes from that cycle which is kind of i set off at five start riding fast at five five thirty ish and i'm having a coffee at home by seven o'clock um i'll either shower and start working from home doing by eight or i'll cycle then on a different bike into into london uh, and get to the office doing for 8 45 ish time um and then it's kind of a, a busy day running a startup um which we can we can chat more about um and some days i'm I mean, really wrapped up and finishing at 5.30 and then I might cycle home, um, stop off at the gym on the way and do you mean either get a run in at lunch or a run um, when I get back. Um, sometimes I'm not leaving the office till a lot later. Um, being a running company, we've we've got a treadmill in the office, mm -hmm. um, mainly so that um, the, the app developers can make sure that the app can beautifully control the treadmill at any time. But it does mean that if a uh, if I'm in the in, a, in in the office for a for a late one, I can squeeze a treadmill run in if it's dark and raining outside in London. It's it sounds like that morning cycle club is a perfect time to find investors <laughs> potentially well it's, it, it's a that's a, a, a funny point really i mean it, it it is and um 
do you mean the the club scored onyx within the club of onyx i mean we within the club we've got i think about five of our five people have invested in, <laughs> in the business runner runner um so for context so um i'm a running coach um and um launched uh, the business called runner which is the first of its kind kind of fully automated running coaching service which means that we can coach many many more people than i could do as a normal coach and coaches can out there um and at a much more affordable price because it's all automated and streamlined sending all the sessions that are optimal for anyone whether they're training for a faster 5k do you mean any, anywhere through to a marathon or an ultra marathon? Um, do you mean sending all of their workouts straight to their smartwatch or guiding them through in a really nice seamless way? Um, and along this journey, so the business is now kind of coming up to what well, around two years old and one year on the app store. Um, as a result, we did a we did a crowdfund um, when we were a year old um, and raised money from 304 different people, of which you're right, uh, four or five of them came <laughs> in from the cycle club. Um, which is amazing to see. Um, do you mean some of those people that I look up to and respect also um, choosing to invest in the business as well? We'll talk about managing the schedule a little bit more, but I think what you've highlighted there, beyond joining sporting clubs and alike for investment, <laughs> that you do actually meet some wonderful people along the way. And actually, in, in a world that is very detached, you know, most of us spend a lot of our lives, you know, going to the pub seeing our regular friends or not at all or going home watching netflix or being with our work colleagues we're actually often not exposed to that many other people on a daily basis it depends on your industry like i am because you know i'm all over the city all day every day but if you have a more standard job the exposure to it like inspiring people or even just new ideas can actually be very mm. be very limited but being a, in a crossfit club being in a running club you can you you can meet really wonderful people and oh, completely i mean i've i've also got a yeah i've also got a polarized life in terms of do you mean i'm much more obsessed with sport than the average person um but all of my friends exercise probably because we've got similar similar interests but as a result it's such a nice way to do you mean be um working through the same challenge together and having that in common mm. um when I, when i was single or or speaking on behalf of lots of people who are like i think um there are so many like yeah sport is probably the the best organic way to meet people um do you mean the alternative is like do you mean you finish work and then you've got to go on do you mean if if, if it's from a dating context you've got to go on a dating app to go and meet someone mm -hmm. or go to a nightclub where you're drunk and then bump into them um whereas like i guess going and doing something productive for your physical body and your mental health coincidentally also is a nice way to make friends or do you mean meet meet partners as well i think it's a very uh, organic um, and and a, and a, a very much an additional benefit of exercise that most people don't even think of. And we um, we should we exercise. should caveat there in terms of dating apps. The caveat being, don't join a sports club just to try and get with someone because no no one no one yeah. wants no one wants to be chatted up when they're working hard. I think organic things can develop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. But I think I think it's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you want to go and actually just, like, make a friend, like, mm. you can, I mean, in modern society, we're so digitalized, like, you can make, like, social media friends by liking their photos and commenting on it, but it's all a bit of a nonsense, really. Um, but to, like, real make, to make real connections, I think, going to a sports club, whether you're mm. playing a team sport and interacting with one another, do you mean, going to running clubs, which are, do you mean, things that have absolutely ballooned, um, do you mean, since everyone's kind of become connected again, out of COVID again. Um, and I think they're just such a nice thing to do. And as a result... Um, Jim, it's something that we do as a, as a business. We're Jim, we're an online coaching platform. We don't need to connect with people in real life, but it's something that we very much like to do as a way to um, 
I mean, strengthen those connections between our runners with one another, but also strengthen their connections with us as coaches and us as a business. Um, it's also you know, the separate challenges that it's very hard to get um, any marketing content of a digital business of, a, of an app. Um, so having kind of meetups and opportunities for people to connect with one another is also quite a, um, a secondary benefit to the business in terms of a way for us to get nice, happy, smiley photos of everyone having a nice time. Now, in, in one of these articles I wrote about your approach to time management, you did something that I really like. It says you, you divide your week up into the three things, or not divide your week up, but divide your overall time up into the three things that are mm. important to you. Those being fitness and health, your partner was one, I believe. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, and then work. Yeah, fit, fitness, fit, yeah, exactly. Fitness and health, um, kind of friends, relationships is kind of how I, how I put it. Um, and then um, and then work. And I, I think I've definitely gone through ebbs and flows of prioritizing them differently to one another. Um, and I think I'm always dissatisfied that doing I'm not prioritizing all three elements to their maximum. Um, doing like I'll go through a phase where work comes the most important. And then as a result, like you mean I'm a worse worse boyfriend, I'm a worse friend to my friends, I'm less fit myself. And that's sad because I care deeply about I mean, those other areas. Um, do you mean I'll be coming up to a, a race and I might be prioritizing my fitness more, but I actually might be therefore finishing work a little a little earlier, which is frustrating because then I'm not giving work my everything. Um, so I think so long as they kind of stay around about a third, mm -hmm. the most important priority in my life, um, and, and then therefore how much like, I put into them makes me kind of happiest. Um, but at the same time, these things have to go in ebbs and flows to some extent. Um, and when I say like priority of a third each, that doesn't mean they get the same amount of time each. I mean, obviously, um, you're going to spend the most amount of time within a week likely working um, if you have a semi-conventional job, which um, while running a, a startup business isn't a conventional job, um, we need to make sure it is somewhat conventional from a time perspective and conventional because we have employees who need to do conven conventional jobs as well. Um, so as a result, if I wanted to start work at 5 a.m. and do we have the longest lunch break every day, um, it's not a very feasible thing to do <laughs> because then the rest of our team aren't going to work at the same time as me. Um, it is something that I've started to do this year, which is that um, I guess I've do you mean, reflected on on last year uh, and very much thought that um, I'm over prioritizing work and not prioritizing exercise as much as I'd like. And as a result, I'm marginally less fit than I probably was two years ago ever since the business launch, which um, makes me sad. And, and one of the solutions I've done to that is every Friday, um, I start work at 6am um, and I'll work from home that day. So I don't have to get up more than 550 um, and I will work um, until 11 o'clock. I'll then take a four hour lunch break and have a four hour cycle ride planned um, with some snacks in my pockets, given that I'm going to miss lunch essentially. Um, then I come back to work at three and work through till kind of 6.30 or seven. Um, and as a result, it means that I can actually squeeze a four hour long cycle in, which is impossible to do on a Monday to Friday mm -hmm. when you've got a, a nine to five job. Um, and so that's kind of a way that I've found that by like really over optimizing my time, um, I get to kind of like manage getting, uh, doing a four hour continuous workout in, um, do the equal equivalent work that I would do for the business. Although I actually find those days are arguably more productive because I get up early, there's no one to distract me. And, um, uh, Jim and I come back in after lunch, super fresh and really motivated again. And then also from six 30 in the evening, I'm a really happy, um, person because i've exercised well i've done a really productive day i'm ready for the weekend and then i can be present with jimmy my girlfriend or my friends as well so um it's it's definitely hard and jimmy i'm then tired because i woke up at 5 50 that day 
um, but it does allow me to to try and um, tick the boxes on all those three areas of life. Yeah, you do need to be very strategic, don't you? I think you actually you need to plan your week with intention. That's what I'm realizing more and more now. Now that I have certain obligations and I still mm. want to try and be fit, then the need and my wife and I talked about this last night of literally having a pin board at home where we both plan the week out and say, you, know, you have your baby at that time. This mm -hmm. is when I go to the gym, etc. Otherwise, if you float through the week, weeks will go and nothing will happen. And suddenly a month has gone and yeah. you've only squeezed in one run. Let's talk about running a little bit now. Uh, so I, I've done a fair amount of running, but my approach to training has been horrific. I relied solely on the fact that I was a boxer and was generally quite yeah. fit. And could, if I, my view was if I could spend an hour fighting, I can probably spend three and a half hours running. And that was my approach. And I did occasionally look at, uh, yeah, this is years ago. I haven't done any long distance running for years. But no, I'd look at men's health or like and find a marathon plan. And it seems mm. so mundane. And the start, the first few weeks looked so basic. And, I, and there was no flexibility in it. And I just thought there's no point me even attempting to do this. I would just run my heart out. And my view, my view was this within the ultras that I did my cardio is fine the limiting factor will be pain and i'll just take painkillers while i run which i wouldn't advise anyone to do <laughs> so let's talk about actual your offer in that you are it's almost bespoke isn't it to your client mm. base to some degree exactly exactly that yeah and and, and so yeah tell, tell us a little bit about how someone would access it and how this is better than just finding the infinite amount of marathon guides on the internet yeah, no, exactly. So um, for, for context, I kind of like, as soon as I graduated uni, I set out and became a running coach and doing something that I, I almost stumbled into by accident, actually, which is a, a funny story in its own right, and we can go into if you like. Um, but so I, do you mean, I became a running coach. And as part of that, I was working with people in gyms, in person, running with them side by side, but also coaching people online, which is very much do you mean, what transitions into the business that I run now. Um, and that's doing a huge industry in its own right. There's do you mean, tons of people out there who train for a marathon, train for an ultramarathon, train for a faster 5k, and they will go and seek out a coach. Um, and by seeking out a coach, they might find them on Instagram, find their website, ring them up and have a chat with them, tell them about their, their history of running and what they're training for. And that coach will then work out what they should do, um, send it to them on, to be on an email on WhatsApp or, or whatever it's going to be, and make that person a better runner. Um, and what you should do and what do you mean your twin brother who's done something different for the last two years should do is going to be different because you've got a different um, set of muscles under you, different set of heart and lungs and different biomechanics and all of these and different goals. Um, and so that's the way that I worked as a coach. And it's very time consuming to set all of the workouts that you or anyone should do. Um, and as a result, do you mean I charged around 25 pounds a week, um, which do you mean over the course of years, do you mean a thousand pounds, which is doing a really expensive um, and kind of privileged service. Um, I also only had the time for 40 clients or 40 customers. Um, and that was kind of doing the main portion of the work I did. Um, one of um, my clients, who was also a really good friends from from university um, and working at McKinsey and doing super smart tech, tech wizard, essentially, he came back to me and said, um, had I thought about automating that process, um, of which I loosely had with a different friend who was busy doing his own startup. So when the second... Uh, genius essentially came along to me and said had I thought about automating this we we did so we spent nine months of our of our evenings um which meant the time balance of, of, of that period of time was crazy because I was working hard Monday between morning till evening and early mornings in the gym with clients and then working on this this engine in the evenings 
Um, but we spent nine months building an engine uh, or a coded engine whereby it could take the parameters of, of an individual, the history of their running, what they're training for, how fast they are, how often they want to train, their schedule, et cetera, um, and build them the perfect training uh, instantly. Um, and so initially we then built a website. People come on the website, tell us all of their, their data, um, and we would build them the personalized PDF that we would then email to them. Um, we did that for a year, um, went on to raise investment like we, we talked about, and then went on to uh, launch that on, on the App Store under the business name Runner, R-U-N-N-A. Um, and so now it's very much the case where you come onto our, our app. Um, if you use podcast, you get a two-week free trial, but normally you get a one-week free trial. Um, and um, essentially, we will then build you the perfect training um, around your schedule, paces, everything that you need to do to build you up towards that goal. Um, we'll also then send the workout straight to your kind of Garmin watch, your Apple watch, or your Coros watch. Or if you don't have a watch, we'll guide you through the workouts from your phone with your headphones as well. Um, essentially, giving you um, the support that you would have um, if you had gone and sought out a coach, um, but at a much more affordable and accessible package um, for the masses. Um, so we charge now £100 or dollars uh, for the whole year. Um, and you can also pay pay monthly as well. Um, and we're now coaching, um, I mean, 12,000 paying customers and we've got over 100,000 um, free users as well. Um, so it's growing growing really quickly. And it's 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 really nice to to be able to, um, do you mean, probably personally work harder, um, or work, work much harder, um, but be in a position where rather than just helping 40 people with their running, um, be in a position where, do you mean, we had 600 people run the London Marathon on the weekend. Wow. Um, so it's a really, um, really exciting roller coaster of a journey, um, but really satisfying to be able to help so many people and provide them with doing world-class coaching. The coaching is not just my brains now. It's We've got two amazing Olympians, Steph Davies and British, uh, British Olympic marathon runner and Beth Potter, British Olympic triathlete, um, both working hard on all the coaching behind the scenes as well. So um, it's just so exciting to be able to scale their brains and their, knowledge of running and put that in the hands of as many people as possible um and we help anyone whether they're um, looking to do their first 5k looking to get faster for 5ks 10ks marathons or um, even doing crazy things like five day multi-day ultra marathons mm -hmm. as well let's talk about quality a little bit in terms of you have an incredible quality program by the sound of it i'm sure it is but then how did you make yourself stand out in this period where so many people have launched probably incomparable apps, but on surface mm -hmm. level, many fitness apps have been launched since COVID, especially. Yeah. And how did you make yourself stand out? Because obviously you know, you've, you've got names there and reputation, but you, you, those two, I think have just come on board. Yeah. Later. Yeah. yeah they, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't there from the start. And I, I think, um, yeah, to answer your point, like, um, do you mean there are fitness apps and then within fitness, we've chosen a specific niche niche, which is, specifically guiding people through the personalized running sessions they should do. Um, I think, first of all, it goes back to um, understanding the way that people train for running goals, which is most people will go and use a generic um, one-size-fits-all mm. marathon plan that you download from your local marathon event. You do it, you get injured, it's hard to follow, it's boring, you, you quit and you give up. <laughs> um, and that's an inadequate service, which is why I became a running coach in the first place. Um, however, lots of people have tried to automate that process in the past, and no one has ever been able to build a solution that works whereby people are prepared to pay for it, review it well, and use it. Um, and the reason for that, or my understanding of the reason why 
lots of people have had this idea and no one's ever executed on it successfully is that um, fundamentally, I think people either put too many engineers, too many brainy tech wizards in a room trying to solve it. And then they'll tell you to go and run 1.123 kilometers at four, <laughs> three, two minute kilometer pace, and then do this 312 meter rep. Um, do you mean if you put too many mathematical technical brains in, they might work out what is in their opinion, uh, mathematically optimal, but they won't communicate it to the customer like a real running coach does and knows and understands because there's so much more to delivering coaching than just delivering the mathematically optimal sessions. It's also about understanding human psychology, understanding how to motivate them, how to make it fun and interesting and varied and dynamic, um, which is something that I learned over having my own small online coaching kind of business. Um, do you mean every time someone asked me a question because a workout was unclear, I was then making sure I delivered that workout in a more smart way mm -hmm. in the future so that someone didn't WhatsApp me back and waste waste my time and their time. So I was always optimizing and improving doing the motivation, the efficiency, all of those streamlined things as a real time coach. Um, and then I think also because my um, co-founder who's technical is a runner, um, do you mean he's do you mean genius from the technical perspective, but he actually understands the problem, understands those motivational pieces, means that we were on the same page of um, solving a lot of these problems when we understand that there's lots of goals to solve at the same time. And I think if you put too many people like me in a room and try and build an automated, scalable global service, it won't actually work. It won't. Do you mean you'll end up just having to hire more and more coaches as we go and deliver more and more plans to people all over the world. And if you put too many technical brains in a room, I think you build up doing a very complicated system that's doing super AI, super machine learning, super all of these things, but it doesn't actually motivate anyone to get out the door and go and run. So I think fundamentally we understood the problem well enough um, and then just kind of tested and learned. So the, the, the first service that we launched was, like I said, a website and a, and a personalized PDF, which you mean, is very much inadequate when you think about what needs to be done or like you mean the ideal service it should be this streamlined app that does everything adapts as you go and 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 is ai and machine learning um but it needed to be simple enough for us to go build it test it check that we should quit our jobs and go all in on this um check that people wanted it and then slowly continue to develop and and, and build that um and i think as a result it comes to building a building a brand and I mean, I'm not an expert on building a brand, but I can only speak on behalf of what we've done, which um, I think is very much try and be open and transparent, make sure that our customers understand what we're working on, understand who we are behind the scenes so that they feel connected to us as a business, us as a service, which is important from them being connected to the brand and you mean, becoming advocates for that brand, but also important because for them to go and go out and do their runs, they need to be attached to me and be attached to Steph mm. and Beth be attached to everyone so that way they're emotionally driven to go out and run uh, emotionally driven to go out and do the sessions we set them because if they don't go and do the sessions we set them they're not going to get better and then they're not going to review us well they're not going to go tell all their friends about us and turn us into a doing a bigger business um so it's there's there's the psychology of understanding why and how people run and what makes them go running but also then that that a lot of that logic ties them deeply into a brand and i think like a lot of these things kind of add up by accident in a way, but I think understanding a lot of these things um, or, and, and doing our best to understand them and learning from people who understand them better and, and bringing all of that back in to know that not only is it need, does it need to be a really, really smart product that's better than anyone else out there, but we communicate that to people in a better way than anyone else mm. has ever done as well. And it sounds like the human connection is very important to you and the idea that you know people are 
attached to you in a sense people then follow you on social media you're leading by example when they don't go for a run they imagine your voice in their yeah, head yeah i i think i i think or for me anyway like as i jimmy i knew i was going to be jimmy in fitness my whole life that was jimmy my passion leaving uni I, when i was when i was 80 my parents both went to oxford and wanted me to go get a financial job in the city and i remember when i was um, in my first days of um, uni came home and I was like guys I know what I'm going to do at, at the dinner table um, and I said I was going to go into fitness and be a PT um, and thinking <laughs> well, like it was so good that I knew, that knew what I wanted I was doing geography okay. um, and, and my mum's reaction was that's fine we'll cut your allowance so you get used to being poor um, which <laughs> I mean, just is a, a small small anecdote but um, as, as a result kind of I knew I wanted to go into fitness and I wanted to work out exactly what I wanted to do and doing so in the the summer holidays between between uni and as soon as I graduated um do you mean I was kind of exploring different businesses um I spent two years running the fitness department at a five-star hotel in Greece which was absolutely amazing um and in the winter between that I knew I needed a mean four to six month job I wanted to keep learning keep getting experience um and for that reason I went and intentionally worked for a fitness business that I like do not um like to work out what i don't like about it um and i won't name the brand that i work for but i work for one of those kind of big chain gyms where you've got to pay a huge subscription you've got to pay a, a joining fee to join the gym if you wanted pt you had to pay for a subscription of like a three-month minimum subscription if you went on holiday for a week you have to just like double up your sessions to use them all of these things like so many barriers to entry so much money is being exchanged and it's so difficult for someone who doing thinks oh i want to get fit and healthy um and then there's all these barriers of money because there's this big business in the way and as a result everything that i then wanted to like become as a personal trainer become as a running coach and doing all of these same learnings that now we try and build into the business i think are all to make sure that we are building a service that makes running more easy to do more accessible reducing any barrier to entry for us to go for you for anyone to go and try out runner, all you need to have is a pair of shoes and a smartphone, which do you mean I think is something that a lot of people have. Um, and as a result, you come on and you get a free trial. Um, and if you love it, you can pay and subscribe and keep training with us that way. But we also provide a lot of value for people to use us for free. Um, so do you mean if you wanted um, to train for the London Marathon, you go download their generic free training plan, which is ina inadequate for, for a lot of people. Um, so instead, you can come on and do our free trial and we will build you all the sessions that you should do to train for that marathon. Let's say it's in 16 weeks time. Um, and if you subscribe, you get to see how fast we say you should do your intervals and um, do you mean how fast you should do your long run, etc. But if you don't subscribe, we'll still tell you how far to run. We'll still build you your whole schedule for the whole do you mean 16 week period, but we just keep a little bit of the detail back. So that way um, you're inclined to go and subscribe and, and obviously we mm -hmm. can have a viable business, but it still means that we're providing more value than what's there before. Um, and I think as a result, like we want to make sure that, or I want to really make sure that the runner is a business that is as far removed from those, those brands <laughs> um, that I think put barriers up in place to make money. Um, and I think it stems back to us focusing every energy that we have to build a really good product um rather than to try and like think of ways that you put like barriers in place to make more money um i think if you build a really good product and and build something that people genuinely need and it makes people happier healthier stronger uh, whatever it's going to be that will market itself people will tell mm. tell their friends about it it will spread all over the world um rather than trying to put as many like financial barriers in place and a, a lot of businesses at the moment have fear of ai i'm sure you know of course i'm sure you're utilizing ai to build the website and continue to advance but it sounds like because of this human connection you just talked about 
And because you are emulating almost you know a real life coach, you can give you support, and it isn't just just purely data driven. That actually you've got nothing to fear from people just type going to chat yeah, GP and typing in make me a marathon program based on X, Y, and Z, which I did do the other yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, for, I did. So I did. I, I've I, done it as well. It, it, I did it for a fitness program, it's, uh, and I I said I want okay. a four day split for mass building uh, with this equipment. And actually, the program was not yeah. not bad. Yeah, However, no, I think, it, I think it, sorry, carry on. No, I think you've, you've just got to really guide uh, ChatGPT at the moment. You've got to really guide it to give you something that's like you can probably get something that's like six and a half, seven out of ten good if you know exactly how to guide mm. it. Like I have this equipment. Tell me exactly how many reps and weight to do. Um, it, it, it's not perfect, but it's a very good thing that exists out there for true beginners who also maybe don't want to go and spend money. Um, but at the same time, we want to like distill all of that into a much more efficient service whereby you don't need to know how to guide <laughs> ChatGPT into to how, to how to build you a, a plan and program. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like how we use AI and the brains, the brains um, for our long-term vision of what the product looks like is we need to make sure that we continue to connect and understand all of those psych- psychologies of a runner, making them feel that they attached to your interval workout today in terms of how to pace it comes from me, comes from Steph, comes from Beth in a well-worded way that is, do you mean, keeps you attached so that you want to go out and do that run um, and and be accountable to us as coaches, making sure that we include as many kind of touch points from us, do you mean videos of us guiding you through when to take a gel, a video of us kind of informing you about a different thing here or there inside the app so that they have that connection to us. Obviously, we want the the brain in terms of uh, the programming that we set you to be as smart as state-of-the-art as possible um, and so there's a lot of like cool things we're doing behind the scenes but then it's really about the way that we communicate that to the the individual um, that needs the personal touch and and that's something that we always want to make sure we're finding the, the perfect balance between the two um, but yeah I mean um, AI and things like that is something that becomes more and more uh, a bigger part of the, the the vision I mean we're in a position now we've got doing 12,000 people who are paying to train with us every day um and i don't know twelve thousand people i can't write a good luck message to twelve thousand people before they go and do their run tomorrow um so it's it's a case of doing it all in the right way um making i mean giving them the very best service but at the same time helping them to be accountable and motivated the same way let's talk about running itself now what what are the common mistakes you see people make when they're new to running whether that be the wrong shoes or like me yeah. taking painkillers just to transcend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of these that I'm going to forget about. I'm going to forget so many common things. I would say the, the, probably the two or three biggest ones are very much, um, running as fast as you can all the time. Um, <laughs> do you mean, do you mean as a macho guy coming from the gym, you want to go and, um, get fitter and stronger so you go and do 5k around the block as fast as you can and then the next day you think oh, i need to go faster than that or i'm going backwards partly because when you think about do you mean developing your squat you don't do um you, you don't some you, do you mean we we will look to gradually build our squat up over time do you mean whether that's doing more weight at certain reps or um during gradually looking to build our one rep max whatever it's going to be that's kind of like the tra- trajectory that we go for um but the same logic doesn't apply to our running um, when we run, we should do some hard and fast running. And with reference to that, we can do what's called tempo, which is where we do longer, fast running sessions. So do you mean like continuous fast running blocks for 
doing three, four, five kilometers, but also we can do some intervals, which is where we might run short um, doing the 200 meter rep or lap of the track for 400 meters really fast, rest, do it again. So we're building the speed that we run up, run at, but we also need to do easy running, which is where we run way, way, way slower. It's way less stressful, way less likely to um, invoke great training benefit um, aerobically, but it builds our endurance. It means that we're gonna be actually fresher for the next session to go really fast because we kept this session easy. Um, and we need to do some longer sessions where we intentionally go slower for longer to build all of these different things within our, our bodies, building our kind of endurance, our power, our, our different energy systems. So running at varied speeds is so crucial. And again, that's why it can really help to have a coach to know what balance of different speeds to do, et cetera. Um, and then I would say um, the other kind of like significant thing that happens and then very much often leads to injuries is thinking new year, new me, I'm going to get into running and then running loads. Um, and running is a really stressful sport on our body. Essentially, we're jumping up and down continuously for half an hour or an hour or two hours, which when you think about it on your knees, on your ankles, on your bones, on your joints, on your ligaments and tendons is really aggressive. Um, and as a result, what we need to do when we get into running is, is think, do you mean, this is quite different to what we put on our body before. We might be used to sitting down at a desk. We might be used to cycling or swimming or playing hockey or whatever it's going to be. We're now very much changing the load that we put on our body. And for us to be strong enough and avoid injury, we need to gradually adapt to that load. We need to gradually introduce it. Um, and so for some people during their first run, they might be able to run 5K continuously. If they can't, they need to gradually build up to that, do some uh, run walk sessions, gradually increase the length of time they're running and reduce the time they're walking until they can do 5K. Um, and then beyond that, it's like, I mean, if you can run 5K when you get into running, it might be a good idea um, to run twice a week. And then as your body gets accustomed to running twice a week, as you get accustomed to running a little further, then you could introduce a third run. Um, do you mean I see it always happens in, in January, which is that people do this challenge and try and run 5K a day every day in January. Um, which is very hard and very impressive and, and people do it and raise money for charity. But the amount of people who do it and get injured, do you mean at the end of that month or uh, during the month is so vast? Um, and do you mean our bodies adapt to the stimulus that we put on them? Do you mean the the strongest squatters we know are the people who do the most squatting? Uh, do you mean it, it's not rocket science? And do you mean they obviously do lots of other good strong compound movements to make themselves strong and fit? But that's the reason why they're a good, good person and good strong legs. Um, and for the same reason, for us to be a good runner, we need to have done a lot of running and good good training behind us. Um, so we really are a product of our environment and we just need to gradually allow that body to adapt to that changing environment um, rather than going from zero to 100. Otherwise, we'll go get injured and then think, oh, I can't do this. Running's not for me. It hurts my knees, um, which running is for everyone. We have evolved as a species to run. Um, and uh, doing, we haven't evolved necessarily as a species to go and lift 200 kilos on our back we can do it and it's phenomenal and it's got amazing benefits for us and um strength training is also a phenomenal thing for us runners to do to become a stronger runner um but i think um a lot of people will go from zero to 100 um or make kind of common starting mistakes and then think oh i'm not good at running i'm not meant to run it hurts my knees um so kind of nailing our form not going from zero to 100 too fast uh, and also making sure that we don't do all of our running at 100 miles an hour um, I would say are the kind of like the three most important things to avoid as a as a beginner getting into running. You mentioned evolution there and the fact we are evolved to run. And indeed, lots of evidence yep. that most of our ancestors were relatively sedentary, except for the points in which they were hunting. They'll be sitting down for yep. however many hours a day, but then they'll be running or chasing stuff for a, you know, a good three hours uh, yep. solid. 
But what are your thoughts regarding shoes then? Because, you know, we could say that... Oh, our, our... I, love, I, love the, I love this question. And I think um, <laughs> you're, I, I'll probably answer it in a way that maybe might surprise you. Um, we have evolved to run, like I said. And um, the way that we used to survive as a species, imagine we're in, uh, do you mean the African savannah? It's us up against a herd of deer. Um, the differences between us and a herd of deer is that we stand up on two feet. And what that means is when we run, unlike a deer, we don't need to bound our legs, open our lungs, breathe, and close our legs as we sprint. Mm. Do you mean like, I'm not, I'm sitting in a chair, but that's how a deer, a dog, all of these mammals sprint. They, they use two legs at the front, two legs at the back, and they open their lungs and they close their lungs. So they can only breathe and run at full speed. We can stand up and jog. We can breathe at a different rate to our legs. So when we run, let's say our legs are running at 180 steps per minute or a cadence of 180, our lungs, our breathing rate might be 30, 40 breaths a minute. So our lungs and our legs can be out of sync. Then additionally, you look at a deer as well. They have a body covered in hair. We have a body with not very much hair and we sweat really well. Mm. So we're really good at losing heat and jogging. So we can run slowly and look after our breathing and we can keep losing heat. The deer instead sprints off, gets really hot, stops, rests until we get a bit closer, sprints off, rests, stops until we get a bit closer. And eventually the, the deer will pass out, will fall over yeah, on, and we will outrun on, on the deer. On that note, there is ever the marathon in America, which is a yearly marathon, I believe, which is horses against humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often it's about 50-50 in terms mm-hmm. of who wins yeah. it's uh, often the human can beat the horse <laughs> yeah and i think i think I, I would imagine that you go and do that for long enough and the humans will win every single time mm. um but but so that's the way that we used to survive as a pack as a species to eat and hunt and we did that before nike before adidas before <laughs> any of these shoe companies came around and invented a nice soft spongy shoe um and the reason for that is we've got a phenomenal but we, our foot has got more foot and ankle have got more muscles in it than do you mean than anywhere else in our body because it's this incredible natural trainer. Um, we land on the front of our foot, we absorb the impact into the ground through the 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 through the toes, through the foot, the muscle in the foot, through the ankle. Then we use the calf, the Achilles heel. Then we use do you mean our, we land with a very subtly bent knee. We use our quads and our glutes and our hamstrings. It goes through the hip, and as a result, if we run well, we don't need a shoe. Um, the problem with that is that it doesn't make very much money um, for a shoe company. So as a result, um, do you mean they're going to go and put more and more technology into the shoe to make us have an advantage? Um, and admittedly, when you want to go and race in modern society and run on <laughs> tarmac, which we didn't actually evolve to run on no. relentless tarmac, we need we need some shoes and protection for that. Um, but we can also build modern technology to make us better off for racing. Do you mean like carbon plated shoes give us this additional spring um, to run faster? So that so that has a purpose. What I don't think has a purpose, and the reason that we get lost a little bit, is that, um, like I said, if we run well, we don't need a shoe. If we run and use all of those natural biomechanics, um, we can get away without having a shoe. And that's why people can go and do barefoot ultramarathons now. People will go and run in barefoot shoes. Um, but when you look at the normal person in modern society, mm. they will sit down at a desk for eight, day, eight hours a day. Um, and as a result, they get really tight hip flexors. So when they run, they'll lean forward more and they'll collapse and they'll land into the ground with their heel coming first, um, which hurts. If you were to try and jog on the spot and people listening can can try and do this when you're walking to the train or whatever you're doing, try and jog on the spot and you will always jog on the spot on the front of your feet. But do you mean these modern humans, we sit at a desk, get tight hip flex and start running and land our heel straight into the floor because that's the posture that we've got. That's what feels or or they think is right. Um, And as a result, over time, um, that's going to hurt your knee and your hip 
um, and create injuries. And it's the reason why a lot of people think they're not designed to run. Um, if they got up out of their desk and ran barefoot um, or ran in non-supportive shoes, they would learn immediately from the first step, this is wrong, and start running on the front of their foot. But because they're running in really nice, buff, spongy shoes, they get away with it. It doesn't cause damage because the shoe companies have tried to over-engineer or, or design a solution for people with bad technique not to experience pain. Um, and that means that then they reinforce this, um, do you mean they reinforce this running form, this technique, this posture, where we land into the ground with our heel first, shocking the knee, shocking the hip. Um, but it doesn't cause that much damage because we've got these nice spongy shoes. Um, and as a result, then it leads to these long-term injuries and really ingrained running form that's wrong. Um, and for the same reason, if you, do you mean, if you think about a child playing, often children's shoes are a lot less um, engineered and expensive because they're going to grow out of them very quickly. Um, and children playing, running around the garden or playing in a playground will run really well because they are naturally taught that if they run on their heel, it hurts because their shoes mm -hmm. aren't so well engineered. Um, and really what happens is, the people I find as a running coach who have the worst form are the people who, do you mean, don't exercise through uni, through school and go and get a sedentary job and come back to running at 30. And then they've forgotten how they ran as a child and they go and run with these shoes and run, in, run on their heels. Um, whereas the people who play as a child and play sport through school and as a result keep that good form often, I think, run better, um, do you mean, as they, as they hit adulthood um, and then are less prone to running injuries as well. So I... When I started running, I wore the original version of the Adi Boost back in the day. Uh, and okay. then, then I did lots of marathons, etc. Now, 10, 15 years later, I'm considering running again. But I've spent the last few years wearing Vivo barefoot. Not for running, but for yeah, daily nice. life. Yeah. I, I'm a mm -hmm. little bit scared because I had a Liz Frank rupture in my foot via a motorbike. So I've got this fear at the moment of do I stay with a Vivo barefoot or do I get... I did buy some New Balance off-road shoes as well, so I, I'm I'm having that debate with myself personally at the moment. Which which are better for me? Uh, but so, so I would go to say that uh, in an ideal world, I would say that we want to have strong feet, so we want to spend some time barefoot, um, like you're doing, and that could just be walking around daily life, going for shops. When we run barefoot, it's going to put more stress on our feet, more stress on our body. Um, so it's a useful way to force us to run well, but it's not like necessary. Mm. Do you mean, assuming you've got now good strong feet, good strong calves, and your running form is good, you could just run in nice supported shoes so long as you run well. Mm. Um, so what I would say is you could use them really gently, really easily as you're getting back into it, grooving your form, but do 90% of your running in more supported comfy shoes and just kind of sense check every now and again, check that your running form is good. And running barefoot or with barefoot shoes is a good way to check that we run in line <laughs> with that, the way that that body's evolved. But we can use these natural uh, or the, the, these new aids to make our lives easier and better, um, especially when I suspect you're now going to be running on tarmac, which is not something that we evolved to run on in mm -hmm. the same way. Um, when we go on to, to race, if you want to be as fast as possible, you probably want to run in the most advantageous shoes as possible. Mm. Um, the way I kind of think about my running is I'll race and do my fastest sessions in the most of the most speedy carbon shoes. I'll do most of my training in nice comfy shoes because it makes my body, I mean, puts less strain on my body, but I will also do some training in barefoot shoes and barefoot sandals as a way to make sure that I'm keeping strong feet um, and strong kind of bio biomechanics as well. I think perhaps as well, we might actually overthink it. Uh, so as an anecdote here, I was, I went for a run in Viva barefoot and it didn't feel that natural initially. Uh, I hadn't done it for a while uh, and it didn't feel amazing. But then I was in Dublin and my wife had a fever 
So I was running around late at night trying to find ibuprofen. And I went on like a 15 minute run in my Vivo barefoot, but late and, mm. and it felt great because I think I reverted to how I run instinctively rather than trying to overthink how I run. And that's just, that was just an interesting thing for me that when I ran without thinking, it felt great. Yeah. When I was thinking too much, one thing I'd love to draw on though, because I know we're, we're tight for time, is you mentioned before, kind of you alluded to the average reasonable person. <laughs> uh, in the lots, there is a difference between scientific theory and what we see in the people in front of us and it applies to yoga for me as well for instance there's an argument that you could jump basically into a plank and land with straight arms and i believe a strong person can probably do that relatively safely and maybe actually for a strong person it's actually advantageous to do that the land in a very deep press up however i can guarantee the average person if they try and jump back into a plank they're going to have some issues and i just would like to that's a really it's, just to all our listeners, that's a really ignored thing, especially if you are uh, a movement professional, a teacher, an educator. What you learn from the books, what you learn from courses, to then what you're actually teaching people in front of you, there's a whole skill in translating that, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, I, I com completely agree. And I think also everyone comes into, like we are a product of our environment, of our environment. And as a result, like different people are gonna be more prone to different injuries. Um, and different bad running forms or different you mean, problems that we have with our breathing or you mean, different stresses that we bring into our yoga practice. Um, for, for example, often the people who have the worst running form I have seen anecdotally are big, strong men. Um, and you mean ex-rugby players, et cetera, that type of person who has lots of big muscles, so therefore they can run badly, um, but they've got these big muscles in their quads in their glutes to still absorb all this impact we're putting through our knees through up and driving into our heel and through our knees and our hips and it doesn't cause injury because we're so overly strong mm -hmm. um and then these these rugby players who ran through their career and doing run up and down a rugby pitch on soft grass um do you mean they'll do a little run on a treadmill to be aerobically fit for their rugby game and they do mean they leave rugby behind and at 35 they start getting into running more and they all get sore knees and they get injured straight away partly they're heavy people um likely because they got this this bigger muscle this like, this subsection of big strong men um but they're actually just they've got away with running badly because they were too strong um and as a result they've all got the same same problem they need to kind of go back to square one learn good running form drive their hips forward land nicely and softly into the ground um especially because as they get older they stop doing all their rugby practice they're probably getting weaker anyway do you mean they're not doing all that strength training they were doing that let them get away with bad form and they're forced to kind of uh, nail nail things and, and, and level things up. Otherwise, they won't be able to use running as a medium for a healthy, happy life do you mean, beyond their rugby careers. Um, and I think every different segment of people, like, do you mean, you probably take a, a ballet dancer. I haven't seen as many ballet dancers to see what their kind of like um, different uh, starting point is, but they'll probably have overly mobile joints and do you mean super flexible things that mean that then they're going to be more prone to a different problem. And I, as a result, I think it's really key to understand um, where someone's coming from and therefore why they're going to be particularly advantageous or strong and also what their weak, what their weak points are and they'll be different for everyone and as a result um, someone who's thinking about getting into running or getting into anything probably should try and do you mean think about what they're really good at and what are then going to be their flaws and work mm. on those flaws 
rather than just working on the strengths because that's probably what is easiest and funnest to work on. I can't speak about the ballet dancer, but certainly the yogi, the (laughs) people that have excess flexibility, the people that have spent, depending on how they practice yoga, years pulling on their ligaments in their ankles and yanking on on them, they're probably going to go for a run pop their ankle and say running's bad i'm only ever going to do yoga yeah. and actually it was it was it's all the yoga's fault uh, one thing one final question about the app uh does the app have this kind of education on like running technique is there or are you looking to have a service where people could submit videos potentially and one of your team yeah. or beyond can consult yeah exactly so we've got kind of a huge support section of kind of over a thousand different kind of articles and, and resources whereby you can come in and do you mean you message into the app and ask for do you mean help on your running form and we'll send you resources to help you with that tutorials from me um, we don't automatically analyze a video of your form and give you five pointers of what to work on um, just yet but that's something that do you mean we'll be able to build into uh, into the service in the future but ultimately for for most of us to get to good strong healthy running form um, there's you know, a, a few th- simple things we need to think about our body positioning our posture getting out of that lazy man sat at a chair perspective and drive your hips forward stand up proud shoulders back so there's lots of kind of tutorials for all those different things that we can help you on um, inside the runner app and that's you mean whether that's helping guide you on how to take on nutrition when you're running how to fuel for your marathon or whether that's doing improving your running form of a, as a beginner all of these different things are, are, are communicated and, and educated to the the, the people that we get to work with them every day through the app as well and then just a, a bit of a quick fire question why do you run great question um i run and i exercise because it makes me happy um i um i was miserable when i was at uni i think i was especially when i started uni i was purposeless i didn't really like know what I was doing in life I was studying this geography thing and I hated it and didn't really know what to do (laughs) and I went to the gym every single day at uni sometimes I would train harder than others um because I'd be tired but I couldn't not go to the gym on the days when I was tired um and I've really learned how valuable endorphins exercise movement is for me my health and my happiness um and it was gym when I was 18 19 at uni and um now it's all triathlon it's running swimming and cycling whereby mainly it's running and and cycling and i do it to be healthy to be happy as a way to socialize and spend time with friends um but yeah all all of those things but but doing the the common theme there is i would say to be happy and healthy nice certainly healthy is a big one for me as well now now thinking less about having an eight pack more about living longer better for my son yeah and i think it's it's the same it's the same trajectory that I think a lot of people, and I mean, sounds like you and I both have anecdotally gone on, which is that we, doing we're we're young and vain and want to have a six pack, and then we become maybe a little older and wiser and think <laughs> it's actually for for other reasons. And I objectively look less good naked than I looked when I was twenty one, um, but I definitely think I'm healthier in my brain uh, maybe than I was when I was twenty one. And just for our listeners, a, a new book by Peter Atia called Outlive was released this month, which is all about longevity. And yeah, Peter Atir is a, pre- a doctor, athlete, uh, just a wonderful man. Uh, that's just come out. And tell us, uh, what do you want our listeners to know about uh, in terms of app, where to find it, where to find you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Ben Parker Fitness. I'm on Instagram. Um, and my coaching business, Runner, that we've been talking about, uh, R-U-N-N-A, uh, we're Runner underscore coach um, on Instagram. Um, and you can download the Runner app in Google or Apple stores, um, and it's runner.com. 
uh, if you want to check us out and any running questions send us a message in the runner app in the support section and um, myself staff and the rest of the team will uh, get back to you and, and help you uh, level up your running wonderful thank you so much no, you're very welcome thank you so much for having me